Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Good morning, sisters and brothers. Good morning. I am super excited to be back with you this morning as we continue on in our current teaching series entitled Welcome Home, a place where, and today we will be looking at our fifth in the series, a place where life happens in groups. We all need friends. We were not created by God to do this life alone. We were created to do life together. We were created to have friends. In fact, in the words of James Taylor, you just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. We need friends like that. Now, as you think about people in your world, can you think of individuals when you think of them you automatically think of another person. You automatically think of their friends, right? They just go hand in hand. Well, before we look today at the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2, I thought we'd have just a little fun. I'd like to make sure that you're in the listening mode from that awesome song that we just experienced and, and praise God with. And so let's just have a little fun here. What I'm going to do, you're going to catch on very quickly. I'm going to put up on the screen an individual from a movie or cartoon, and what I want you to do is participate. This is crowd participation, and I want you to share who they go with, okay? You'll catch on really quick, and we're going to begin with a dynamic duo. Are you ready? Batman and Rob. You guys are sharp. You You guys are good. Okay, anybody seen the latest Top Gun? What about the original? Okay, well, okay. Oh, you already got it. Who goes with um, Maverick there? Goose. Goose. Right. Okay. Let's see how good you are with cartoons. Way back. The Flintstones. Fred and Barney. Good. Good. Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. Right. How about this one? Buzz Lightyear and Woody. You've got a friend in me. Right. Keep your day job, Dennis. You don't need to sing. Okay. Here's way back, okay, for, for those with a little gray hair. Lassie and Timmy, okay. My generation growing up as a kid in the 70s and early 80s, Laverne and Shirley. Okay, now my dad's generation will be watching this later on YouTube. The Lone Ranger and Tonto. How many under 40 got that right? Raise your hand. Okay. How many didn't have a clue who that was? All right. Okay. I'll give you a little extra credit, a little bonus here. If you think back to the movie Castaway, Tom Hanks and Wilson, a volleyball. Well, the truth is that you were not created to do life alone. Jesus understood that. Jesus did not spend the majority of his time with the multitudes or in the wilderness alone. Jesus surrounded himself with a group of individuals and said, let's do life together. He chose 12 disciples and a few women, and he poured his life out upon them. Uh, They traveled those dusty roads together. They ate together. They praised together. They prayed together. And from that group, he 
also selected three, a little subgroup where he just, again, poured his life in, Peter, James, and John. He was part of a small group. The Apostle Paul, that dynamic evangelist, also did life with individuals. Timothy, Titus, Barnabas, Epaphroditus, and others. Silas. So this whole deal about community or group life is not a new trendy fad. It's been around for a long, long time in the church. In fact, it goes all the way back. How far back does it go, Pastor Dennis? It goes all the way back to the beginning of the church on the day of Pentecost. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's look at Acts chapter 2. We'll see that Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost, starting at verse 38 reading through 41, and we read these words. He's preaching, and he says this, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000, now mark that in your mind, that's a big number there, 3,000 were added to their number that day. And so on the day the church was born, it was born as a mega church, bigger than our church. So people say, I don't like big churches. Well, the early church was a mega church. It was a big church. And so what did they do being such a large gathering? Well, we see they divided into small groups. Let's pick back up at verse 42. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave anyone who he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Let me just pause right there because we're going to look back to that. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, which we'll learn later was Solomon's porch. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And so here's what's happening. The church is growing. And as they were growing together, they were realizing, wait a minute, we need to do life together. And so they divided up and they began to break bread together. They began to gather around tables together in their homes. It's one of the first things they did. Now, let me share something that you may not know or just it's good to bring it back to your attention if you learned it years ago. Now, and when you hear this, you're going to say, well, yeah, that makes sense. In those days, they did not have church buildings with a cross and steeple. Church buildings didn't come about until about 300 A.D. And so those individuals, those part of the Jesus movement in Jerusalem right after Pentecost, began to meet together daily in the temple courts. Actually, where they met, which we'll see in the book of Acts, was a place on the east side. It was the east walkway right off the temple, on the Temple Mount, called Solomon's Colonnade or Solomon's Porch. 
Solomon's Columns. It was an area in which people would gather. I think that we have an image on the screen. A large area where several thousand people could gather. It's very interesting today that once in a while you'll see a new church pop up and they call themselves Solomon's Porch, if you Google that. In fact, in, uh, when I was in seminary, they had in this little town, Wilmore, Kentucky, a coffee shop called Solomon's Porch. They named it after this place. It was a place to gather. It's a place to meet with other people. And that's what they did. It was a place where the people would gather in a very large setting for public praise, corporate praise, like we've had here today with the team, for a general message from the apostles to edify the entire church for public healings and evangelism. And so in a sense, we could say this very large gathering, and I'm including those worshiping online today, several hundred are hearing this message. This could be called Solomon's Porch. We, we've met together. We've had corporate praise. We've had prayer. We've had, we have evangelism opportunities, and we're getting a general teaching. That's what they would do. In Acts chapter 3 and 4, we read, After the healing of a man at the temple gate called Beautiful, Peter and John stood up in Solomon's porch, and they proclaimed the good news, and 2,000 additional men came to Christ. They became part of the way. No, it just says men, so we assume there were women involved too, so even more than 2,000. So the church went from 3,000 to at least 5,000, again, that's a mega church. Certainly, they didn't know everyone in Solomon's porch. You wouldn't know everyone's name. Too large of a gathering. To be honest, let's be honest, you don't know everybody in this room today. You look around, you may know 10 or 15 or maybe 50 as an acquaintance, but not, of course, the gathering that we have. And they didn't know that as well. So it's very easy for us to say, well, how do we do life together? Here's the secret. They broke off into groups. They broke off into homes, Acts 2 says. They broke bread together. There's a Greek word used here by Luke, koinonia, which literally means the shared life. Everybody say shared life shared life. They shared life together. They rubbed up against each other. They looked into each other's eyes and they shared life. The heart of the church is not even what's happening right here this morning. It's the shared life. It's the koinonia. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to love and good works. That's a message from the past, but it's a message for today, right? We need, especially after the pandemic, to find ways to motivate each other. I need motivation. Perhaps you do too. So what's the secret? How are you going to get to motivate one another? It's the next verse, verse 25. And I want you to read, starting with let us not neglect. Can you see that on your screen? Because I want you to hear your own words from your mouth to your ear this morning. What does the word says? 
It says this. Let's read it together. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially that the day of his return is drawing near. What did you just hear yourself say? Let us not forsake assembling together. Let us not forsake meeting together. I just read them. I don't write them, okay? That's what God's Word says. And it's so easy for us, especially after the pandemic, to to hide in the shadows, to be about ourselves, to be in isolation. But God's Word says to us, let us not forsake meeting together, meeting together here in this place, meeting together online in chat groups, in discussion groups, in community, so we don't fold in on ourselves. What's the purpose? Why do we need that? Well, what does the word say? For encouragement, but encourage one another. That's what happens in Koinia. We need to encourage our little friend who's not having a good day right now, amen? (laughs) We all need encouragement, and we have those days sometimes, don't we? It comes in the little conversations. When you see someone in the cafe in Common Grounds and you say to them, well, how are you doing? How was your week? What happened this week? Or let's meet on Wednesday afternoon. You got any time? I want to catch up on family. I remember the um, night 21 years ago when we were shocked with the news of the horror in New York City. And I remember that the people just couldn't stay in their houses. In fact, I was serving in Hamilton at the time, and we opened up the doors, and people just came and prayed. And people said, I just couldn't be alone watching CNN or Fox News. I had to be with other people. I had to be together. And so it's in those conversations that we do life where we say to one another, hey, I'm proud of you. I've heard this is going on. How was your first week of school? Uh, Ben Bartram, who's here today, hey, you scored the winning, he did, by the way, we have, a, we have a football player in the room, many, scored the winning touchdown against Canal Winchester, 38 seconds to go in the game. Way to go, Ben. You didn't know I was going to call you out today. Amen. So we do that, we do that not when we stay in our little houses, we, we do that when we come together and we say to one another, when we look each other in the eye, when we feel someone's handshake, when we perhaps give a hug together. We're doing life together. We meet in conversation, in deep conversation online together, and we pour out our soul to one another. We connect with a sister or brother. That's the shared life. Now, some people say, well, we're not a family anymore. The church is just too big, or it's just too big of a place, and you can't get to know anyone, even maybe at Gingsburg. Well, in some degree, they're right. You didn't know everybody in Solomon's porch, But the truth is, I've been part of the church for many, many years, that even in a medium-sized church, you don't really know everyone. And in a small church, you don't really know anyone. And the truth is that church is not simply even what happens here on Sunday morning, but it's what happens out there. It's what happens at the avenue on Wednesday or when it happens in life groups or it happens in Bible study or, or prayer meeting or in a mission at the Ford or wherever you might be. That's church. That's koinia. That's shared life. People coming together and bearing one another's burdens and supporting and praying for one another. And so we just come here on Sunday morning in Solomon's porch to get a general teaching, but then we live life together. 
The truth is, studies have shown that even if we have 100 people around us or 1,000, we really know about 10 or 15, and that is a group. Now, again, once in a while you might have someone say, well, Gingensburg is just big. Well, so is Ohio Stadium. And I love to go to Ohio Stadium. 105,000 screaming idiots in one place. And for the most part, they're focused on the mission. It's not about me as a fan. It's about the team. It's about winning the game and joining with the best darn band in the land. We're all focused on one goal. And what's the goal? If you're a Buckeye fan, it's to see that team win. And do I know everybody in Ohio Stadium? No. But then I get into the car and drive back to Dayton with four or five buddies, and we talk about the game. What do you think of that official's call? What do you think about that touchdown? Wasn't that awesome? And we do life together. That's koinonia, that shared life. So the church can grow, even on the day of Pentecost, to three to 5,000 people. It's big enough to resource. It's big enough to celebrate. But when a church grows larger, it also must grow smaller. It must break off into groups, as Dan had mentioned, whether it be the media team or the serving team or the hospitality team, or maybe it's a Bible study, or maybe it's working with children. Praise God for those leaders who are even right now, as I'm giving this message, they're giving a message and they're sharing with our children's ministry. That's the church, big enough to celebrate, small enough to really care. I was thinking just the other day, of the old TV sitcom, Cheers. Anybody over 45 years old may remember this. If you're younger than that, we know that you watch a lot of old sitcoms. It was about a fictional bar in Boston where people from all walks of life would meet. This was a very popular show in the 1980s and early 1990s. In fact, its season finale was viewed by 93 million Americans. At the time, in the early 90s, that was 40% of the U.S. population. Now, we have to ask the question, what made this show so special? Was it its good-looking actors and actresses? Was it its clever script writing? Or was there something more? There was something about it that connected with us for our longing to be in community, to be real with people, to experience the ups and downs and the struggles of every day, and to experience it together. It made such an impact that some of you who are old enough to remember still, that was 30 years ago that ended, still remember the theme song. Anybody here remember the theme song of Cheers? (laughs) Hey, if you know it, why don't we sing the chorus together? Think of the words, let's sing it together. And isn't that true, friends? You want to know where you want to go, where everyone knows 
your name. We want to be known and know, don't we? We want to live in a community where people know us. That's real life. Our family, perhaps. The real us. A place where people will put up with our quirks and our bad jokes. We call that place home. We call that place family. We call that place community. Now here's the point. Here's the take home. Now listen, are you listening? The neighborhood bar in Tip City or on the east side of Dayton is just a counterfeit for what we're all really looking for, amen? Which is a place with God and God's people, a community where we can live life. And that's what we have here. We're not dispensing liquor, we're dispensing grace. We're not offering small case spirits, but the Holy Spirit. Some of you are thinking, I'm in this place, I've been part of this church for a while or I'm brand new and I'm all alone. Nobody knows my name. Today, we step forward out of the shadows and we connect with other people and do life together. Dan here and John online will share with you as we leave ways in which we can connect and we can start today. And finally this, I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't say this. The greatest friendship that we can have is a friendship with God in Jesus Christ, amen? God desires that today. Perhaps for the first time you're saying, yes, I wanna take God's hand. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, and that means you, and you, and you, and you today, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And today by faith, you can step out of your own shadow into the shadow of the cross and find life in Jesus Christ. Let's do that today. Lord, I thank you and praise you for this community. I thank you that you call us friend. You've made a way where there is no way. You know us by name and you love us. And I thank you for a place that we can come and be known and live life to the fullest. May it start with us today. And God, I pray for the person that's looking to connect in a new way that you'll just open up a door. May we always be a place to open up doors to others. For we pray this in Jesus' name. And all of us believed and we said, let it be so. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.